Hey guys, it's Carmen Schober with the No Apologies podcast, which is the official podcast of Stasios, bold cultural commentary for curious Christians. If you're interested in more Stasios content, you can find that at www.stasios.net. That's S-T-A-S-E-O-S.net. That also has all the different podcast episodes there as well. One thing I should say before I launch into this is if you enjoy No Apologies, please do go leave us a review. That helps a lot. It helps people find the podcast. So it's a really great way that you can help us. All right. I am here today with a pretty cool guest. His name is Ronald Johnson, also known as Publitarian from the Publitarian Podcast. Hello, Ronald. Well, hello. How are you today? I am doing pretty good. I'm glad that it's almost Friday. Yeah. Right. Not that Even it matters. I mean, to kind of, yeah, much every together. day. You were saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every day blurs <laughs> together. But, you know, Friday's still sort of special in a way. It's still sacred. Yes. Exactly. So you and I, we, we've never officially met. But we we e-met on Instagram and I was trying to remember how, like how I came to know about you. And I'm pretty sure it was because of the undead patriot, now known as Knight of the Undead Patriot. Is that right? <laughs> yes. We love him. Yeah. I know. More than I'm, likely. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you know how he like he very graciously tags like his favorite accounts and we were lumped together, which is a high honor. <laughs> um, it it really pretty, is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I found you probably how you found me. He hasn't posted in forever. So Night of the Undead Patriot, you need to post something. You do. We're, yeah. we're missing you. It's exactly. been a while. I know. I know. He makes some cool stuff. He likes horror movies combined with politics, and it makes for a pretty good combination. Yeah, I actually um, had him on my podcast one time, and we talked horror movies and memes. Oh, cool. I'll have to go listen to that episode. If I were a good producer, I could tell you which number, but it's it's in the high 60s. I'll just go find it. I'll go search. So I've been following your memes and your podcast ever since whenever that was, whenever Undead Patriot brought us together. And since I figured, you know, memes are what brought us together, that's what we should chat about today. It's kind of a fun, lighthearted thing. Give people a break. Give people a break from COVID and how much the government sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I'm sure we'll talk about that. So no break. No break of that. Libertarian and me, of course we will talk (laughs) about that. (laughs) Yes, yes. Which is a good segue. So before we dive into the meme conversation, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your platform and your podcast. And so this is super random, but so your your podcast is called Publitarian, and that's because you describe you're stuck between a libertarian and a republican. Did I totally imagine that on one episode you said that you were a libertarian and it was like basically publicarian stood for libertarian and public enemy? Did I make that up? <laughs> is that any is that anything you've ever said or did I just like dream that? Well, I don't know. You made that up, but I think you're going to become my PR person. I like that better than what I had. <laughs> right? Well, I thought of it. I was like, oh, that's so clever. He's like public enemy because I assume, you know, you're a male and you're straight and you're white and you're funny and you do memes. So you're like literally I do. Public I check enemy. all of those boxes. That's correct. So yeah. yeah I that, see. I didn't, I'm not even looking enemy. at you and I knew that. <laughs> so libertarian, <laughs> public enemy, that could be your new tagline if you want that so dude i I think i'm going to start using that it it actually uh started from being uh a republican and a libertarian and i took the pub i tried like conservatarian and other none of it really like flowed together yeah publicarians yeah no i like publicarian publicarian rolls off the tongue yeah and so that it was it was born from that and the, the reason i'm stuck between those two places yeah if i had to pick between you know a donkey or an elephant to ride into battle. Of course, I'd be with my Republican brothers and ride my elephant into battle. Heck but yeah. there, there's a lot of libertarian ideology that I have. But and I've mentioned this on my own podcast. Uh, libertarianism is a good ideology, but it's got the same flaw. Interestingly enough, I think as communism and socialism, as in we are relying on the human to do the right thing. That's the trappings of libertarianism. And also I feel communism. And we think the human is going to do the right thing if we leave him alone and let him do the right thing. I think why well, I could never be like a full on libertarian just because I know in my heart of hearts that nobody's going to leave everybody alone and everybody's just going to tend to their own business. 
because we're human beings. Yeah, because I'm very similar. I'm I I identify as a Republican. I guess that sounds really <laughs> weird. <laughs> I, uh, that's my identity, but um, I very much I think libertarianism is correct about most policy positions, like, you know, decentralizing the government as much as possible, letting people be as free as possible, you know, but like you said, it's, I have the same reservations just because libertarianism, especially like the movement as it is today, definitely seems to lend itself to like libertinism more than anything, you know, kind of like, oh, we should just be able to do anything. And yeah, no emergency break, just let yeah, it fly, just, whatever. Just go. And I'm part of a really active Facebook community called Libertarian Christian. And that's really interesting oh. because, you know, obviously it's all about, it's very pro-liberty, but with a Christian worldview. So there's like mm-hmm. a very strong understanding of what could be the limits, what should be the limits. There's lots of conversations about that. So I get, I get where you're coming from. It's obviously no perfect system, but I think somewhere between libertarianism and conservatism, you get pretty close. I, I think so. I mean, just the cancer that is leftism just needs to be let alone. And then we bounce our ideas and our arguments back and forth and just leave the, the left out of it. I mean, right. that would be my perfect, you know, yes. <laughs> scenario. Well, yeah, because if you remove the left, then you can remove identity politics. You can remove Marxism. You can remove all these hierarchies of oppression where random groups get to try to control other random groups like it's just yeah we're much more free to you know obviously people would still get things wrong but it seems like it would just be a lot easier to sort that out a lot less Mm -hmm. dishonest layers of victimhood all that so just this could also help people give give people a sense of where you're at on the political spectrum although i think your description was very good um, if you have a favorite politician if you had to pick just one person who would be your fave well up until 2016 i would have said as Rush Limbaugh says Ronaldus Magnus like Ronald Reagan <laughs> uh, i don't know i i think uh, our current president has has beat him out as tough as that is for me to say my dad loves ronald reagan he has a picture of him like holding a champagne glass in his office i think it's signed or something it's very grew up in a family very very pro reagan but yeah i mean i think lots of comparisons being made between donald trump and ronald reagan and at least from my understanding it seems like donald trump has accomplished more faster in his time as president and maybe a little bit less interventionist. I think that as far as speed, Trump makes the other current presidents look like they weren't even doing anything, in my humble opinion. The thing that's been, stuff that's been enacted, things that have been done, policies that have been put in place. It's just like, what were these other guys doing? Right. I know. I can, I feel the same way. And granted, I wasn't really paying a ton of attention until about pre, like right before the 2016 election. But I know what Mm -hmm. you mean. Like, and maybe it's because the media is so obsessed with him too. I hear about every single little thing that he does all the time. But I ninety-seven percent uh, negative coverage. From the media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the very least, it sure makes it seem like he's getting a lot done. <laughs> One I was gonna say is obviously I don't like Lindsey Graham. Like he doesn't have a great voting record. But his performance during the Kavanaugh hearing was magnificent. So Didn't he just come alive out of nowhere? I know. He just like, it was a corpse that was like resurrected. He was the definition of like rhino Republican swamp. And I don't know if he like red pilled himself by watching like the partisanship that was going on or something. But uh, you could just see it. He snapped up there and he was like. You guys used to be my friends. I went to parties with you. And he just like started laying into them. I know. It was amazing. You know the gif with like the group of black guys and the one guy grabs his face because he's just like, he cannot believe it. That was me. (laughs) That was me when Lindsey Graham like lost his mind. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. Speaking of memes, there's been some pretty good memes of him now since then like yes. him like straightening his tie while the lady's crying in <laughs> yes. the background you know? that picture of him straightening his tie that needs to be the energy that conservatives keep 
all the time, 100 percent of the time. That energy. (laughs) We're moving forward. We're straightening our ties. Yes, and while banshees scream in the background, we're just we're (laughs) we're gonna look good while doing it. That needs to 100 percent the attitude. So yeah, we we've kind of we've already touched on gifs and me, or I guess this is important. Do you say gif or do you say gif? Okay, I say gif because the creator says gif, even though it stands for graphical interface i think crap i'm gonna lose my nerd card now (laughs) (laughs) well it's fine because i say gif too we are aligned (laughs) there won't be no contention we're like right here like we're like 100 aligned kindred spirits (laughs) discovered on the internet that's the best case scenario for the internet um so you i would consider you a much more experienced meme warrior than i am i'm pretty new to the whole politogram life i've been doing i've been posting political things since about 2018 um but Mm -hmm. i i think you've been at this longer so for those who are perhaps newer to what we're talking about how would you describe the great meme war of 2016 (laughs) so the great meme war of 2016 is when different users on social media took memes and actually used these quick little sound bites quick little pictures quick little videos with subtitles and take the most biting poignant sarcastic points boil them down to just something that's super quick and that will just stab you in the brain and go for it and that's that was what started uh, the meme war people on our side of the aisle would take these funny things these funny situations these funny pictures that uh, people have said or done put the appropriate caption with them and just send them out onto the front lines and uh, one of the more famous ones in 2016 was the the uh, CNN one where Trump's head is on a wrestler and he's taking the other wrestler that has CNN on his head and, you know, suplexing him or something like that yes. off of the, the ring. And matter of fact, I think the kid got doxxed that, you know. Yeah, CNN was like CNN. like on a, on a rampage for that guy. They were like, <laughs> whoever made this. <laughs> You better turn yourself in, or we're gonna. Like it was, it was yeah. intense. It was very evil, like so, CNN likes to be. So I, um, so I was a, a veteran of that war myself, and so I would take my my own memes, my own weird thoughts in my head, and put them forward. And so, what the point of doing that is to show the truth to your either fellow conservatives, libertarians, free thinkers, and also shine it back at people on the left, going look, this is how dumb you look right now, or this is the truth. That's how it is to me anyway. Yeah, no, that's a, you said it very beautifully. You made the me more sound very, very poetic. (laughs) Proud, proud to be part of it. Um, No, I love it. And you know, I am actually, this, you might be entertained by this. I am actually proof that meme warfare is quite effective because I have never been, I've never been a liberal. I've never been a leftist, but uh, pre-2016, I was a very, um, very weak-willed, kind of spineless type of conservative. That's a harsh words, but basically I was in academia. I have two liberal arts degrees. Yeah, so I was very heavily immersed in a super leftist culture for about uh, probably seven years when you put it all together between getting my degrees and working for the university and all this. So over that span of time, I just became basically like shell-shocked and like, I'm not going to say anything about politics. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to, you know, because it really was to the point where like- yeah, I mean, I had no options, really. I mean, no, that's not true. I had options. I could have been brave and bold. But at that point in my life, I I had different priorities. I had different things that I thought were really important. And one of those was like having the approval of those people. It was kind right. of entertaining the idea of staying in academia. And you definitely, you know, being an outspoken Christian conservative in academia is like... I don't, I don't know who's done that successfully. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure they exist, but it's, there's a reason the number is tiny. Um, right. Cause it's just, I mean, they're not accepting, they're not affirming, they're not welcoming, they're, they're downright hostile. Not everybody, but the vast majority of people. Um, oh, for sure. So I was just super quiet and careful and very worried about offending people. But leading up to 2016, it was like unavoidable. All anyone ever wanted to talk about was Trump and Hillary Clinton. And I'd like, you know, I I would be in situations where people would constantly be like, oh my God, Carmen, wouldn't it be so terrible if Donald Trump won? 
And I would just kind of have to be like, um, I think they're both bad or something. You know, like I have to always be doing this thing where I was basically hiding. And at that point too, I didn't know anything about Donald Trump. I had very kind of subtly bought into the idea that, you know, he was going to be as disastrous as Hillary Clinton um, because I wasn't paying attention. But the more people talked about it, the more, you know, that, that election was just crazy. I mean, I'm sure you remember it was like so much tension, so much worry over both outcomes. I like, it was inescapable and I don't know what happened. I think maybe I had enough friends on Facebook who liked Ben Shapiro, but I was introduced to Ben Shapiro somehow. I think I watched a clip of him. You know, he has lots of good ones where he's talking to ridiculous college kids about gender or whatever. Yes, yes. So I think I saw one of those. And then it was just from there down this awesome rabbit hole where I discovered Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, I love Milo. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love Milo too. And it was just like such a breath of fresh air because – You know, like I said, imagine being cloistered in a world where everything is leftist all the time. Like everyone around you is liberal. Everything they talk about always slants liberal. They don't consider the other side ever. The butt of every joke is a conservative or a Christian. And then encountering Milo. It was just like, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) What is this glorious? What is this glorious thing I'm watching? This fabulous Catholic gay guy (laughs) destroy these leftists. Just going after. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was just like my weird little journey in 2016 of discovering these funny clips. Honestly, I think being in that environment made me more, when I finally decided I didn't care what people think after having experienced that so much, it made me even more like gung-ho to be outspoken, if that makes sense. Like it basically had the opposite effect that they wanted. They were trying to stamp out any kind of confidence I had in those beliefs. But by doing that, like when I finally kind of woke up and saw there's this whole world of people laughing along with me, it was like just a very, it's a great experience when you discover memes for the first time, (laughs) I guess is what it comes down to. And it's kind of like uh, the story of the emperor's new clothes. Like there's one person in the crowd that's like, oh, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. And then everybody's, you know, laughing at the one person that's saying the truth. And then finally people start catching on. And I I think that's what uh, happened a lot in 2016. Everybody was afraid to like say what they really thought or believed or thought about Donald Trump or conservatism. And that's one of the gifts of Trump. He's like this (laughs) like polarizing figure uh, for better or for worse. uh, People rallied and got people started talking to each other to where, like I'm whispering to my neighbor and my neighbor's whispering back to me, hey, you know what? I really like this guy. And I'm like, oh, what? You know, and then like <laughs> it kind of like spreads, you know, from there. Yeah. But as soon as that one neighbor whispered to me back in 2015, I was like, I think this guy's gonna win. Matter of fact, I want some money on that. <laughs> really? That's crazy, but that's that's a really, really astute observation. I think you're right. Well, and I think Part of it, too, that was just so appealing to me when I discovered Milo and Gavin McInnes and, you know, just these really funny people. (laughs) Like, obviously, not perfect. I don't like everything they say. Like, I just think it's stupid that we have to even do those qualifiers. But I must, you know, because (laughs) inevitably someone will email me and send me all the horrible things they've ever said whatever. They're funny. Okay. That's, this is the point I make. They're funny and they point out true things in an interesting way. But basically what I was going to say is I had just been so part of this very counterfeit culture of uniqueness, right? Like everybody, when you're around a bunch of progressives, they all think that they're like super unique. They think they're like very weird in their gender identity. You know, they all think that they're, they have these like special little moral crusades and it's just all this, this very fake kind of uniqueness when it's, it's, it's so, there's so much conformity across the line. Like they can't, they can't disagree with each other because they'll cancel one another. Like if one of, if one of them comes out and says like, actually, I don't think that if you just say you're a man, you're automatically a man. They can't even do that because like it's going to cause all this problem. So it's just this very fake culture of uniqueness. But then when you see someone like Milo or Gavin McInnes, Michelle Malkin, or just these different kinds of people, it's like, 
this is like actual, this is different. Like I'm actually experiencing a counterculture made up of lots of very different people, very different backgrounds, very different personalities. And it's fun. It's so much more fun. Oh my gosh. It is. And I, I tell people that too. It's, it's really more fun on our side because this is where all the free thinking is. This is where a lot of the creativity is. And when you look at the other side of the aisle, the left, like you said, it's so much conformity. Like they think they're this individual a person that has all these free thinking thoughts and ideas, but they don't. It's like one of the largest nets, like a hive mind that yeah. I've ever seen. And if yeah. you step out of that hive one second, like you see people that are like gay, lesbian or whatever getting canceled because, well, like you said, they're gay, but they don't think that a man can turn into a woman one day and back and forth or something like that. Then yeah. all of a sudden they're not good enough to be in the LGBT club anymore. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And yeah. a lot of like homosexuals are being red pilled for that reason. They're seeing like the, the tolerance is actually on the right and not on the left. I think it's probably because I'm sure you probably agree with this. A lot of leftism is rooted in authoritarianism and trying to control oh, sure. what people say and what they think and what's acceptable. And so, yeah, it, it manifests in that way. So how did you personally get into the meat more? Again, we are kind of kindred spirits here because uh, I'm a musician in real life. Oh, so cool. I have to, you know, not out of fear, but it's it's just easier. Like if I start going into recording sessions and stuff and I'm like, Trump 2020. Baby. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Yeah. Going to make <laughs> things weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know uh, actually what would happen now. I've, I've been in the business for a while, but I was, I don't want to make this too long winded, but I, I was touring one time back in, I don't know, 2001. And I was playing guitar for this band and one of the promoters was coming in and they were talking to us about one of the gigs and they said something because, you know, Bush was president at the time. Mm. They said something like, man, we just need to kill Bush and just get him out of there. And dummy 20 year old me was like, what? Bush is a good president. And oh, my gosh, I got. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, from all sides. And then I learned from that day, kind of like the. the the kicked dog thing. I just never opened my mouth about it anymore. Yeah. But uh, now that I'm older, I, I don't care anymore, really. But I just, it's, so it's just one of those things. It's like you're talking about, you're in this cocoon of like leftism and artsy people all around you. And yes. Tend, they tend to be more emotional than logical. And yeah, that's what happens. But yeah, I, I was a good little liberal, just like everybody else in, in their college years. And it, the running gag is, you know, then you start paying taxes and then you become <laughs> conservative. And it's yes. kind of one of those things. I get my first paycheck and I'm like, well, where's this money going to? And, you know, and then my mom's a Democrat. My dad's a Republican. Okay. It's like, welcome to <laughs> conservatism. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm not going to be like you, dad. And then, of course, uh, enough uh, money gets taken out of the paycheck for long. But it was really the 2000 election and watching the left and the media like try to hoist Al Gore into the the presidency that really just like red pilled me and woke me up and just drove me all the way over to the right. Wow. It's funny that you say that though, because I was pretty young. I was like, I was in high school when Obama got elected. So I would have been in probably elementary school for Bush the first time. Um, And, but even then I remember how psychotic the media was like, like, Mm -hmm. um, nine-year-old me was like, whoa, like, this is crazy. They are making him seem like the freaking devil. Like, you know, like it was even at that age, I had this like bizarre understanding of just kind of how ruthless Democrat media tactics are. So even then I I sort of knew that. So that's kind of crazy. But but. now he's out of office though. They're all buddy, buddy and and he's fine. But but he was in the office. Yeah. He was Satan incarnate and he could do no wrong. Uh, Yeah. Do no right. (laughs) Yeah. Do no right. Yeah. You mixed him up with Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the one that can do no wrong. That's right. Yeah. The the immaculate. Yeah. Messiah. Messiah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But so I was always kind of like, right kind of political and i have told this portion of the story too on my podcast because you know alex jones if you know who he is Mm -hmm. kind of gets lumped as like the crazy right winger he's actually the one that kind of red pilled me to 
not conservative conservatism versus liberalism, but there's a club in Washington, D.C. that's made up of left and right. And then I, I kind of started becoming red pill to that. And that's when I started really opening my eyes. I'm not saying I ascribe to everything that he says, but right. it just kind of got me questioning. And I'm like, you know what? I think he's right about that. I think it's just a swamp up there of politicians that are play fighting with each other. And they're not really left or right. They just want to retain their power in Washington. And then when I saw the Republicans putting McCain up against yes. Barack Obama, I was like, okay, yep. And then when I saw them take the weakest candidate, Romney, and put him up against Obama, I'm like, they don't really want to win this. They want to keep this club going, however it is. And then yeah. once Trump got the, the the nomination, I was like, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be one that tries to break up this club. There we go. That yeah. I think that got you all the way to 2016. <laughs> Vindicated. <laughs> well, and I think it's really fun to talk to someone who like gets the fact that like can listen to very strange characters such as Alex Jones or a Gavin McInnes and you can like appreciate like I like I said earlier they are able to say some very true things in very yes. interesting ways and the, that the water really was turning the frogs gay <laughs> that, I mean it really did happen it's, he, there was there was truth in that <laughs> no and it's like but see our we've we but live in this delivery yeah it was the delivery well in Alex Jones's case it's very often the delivery yes <laughs> oh my goodness um but yeah like obviously it's so annoying to me this is why one of the things I hate about political discourse is like okay if I bring up Gavin McInnes automatically like people are clutching their pearls and they're like Gavin McInnes you know is a white supremacist which is completely unfounded like he is not there are many things you could say about Gavin McInnes but the idea that he is a white supremacist is easily debunked and there's not oh, yeah. any kernel of truth to that whatsoever but isn't it like it's nice. That's one thing I so enjoy about like the meme world that you can you can just kind of without this crazy emotional knee jerk reaction, just like listen and <laughs> laugh at the crazy parts or right. you know cringe at whatever. But then also be like, but you know, he's got a point. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. at the end of the day, you're able to pull out the things that are that need to be pulled out. They need to be spotlighted. So and and same thing. Everybody, of course, including President Trump, is you know not going to be on their A game, and they'll say things that not in the correct manner or the correct way. But I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah, I mean, we all do it. Right. Exactly. Well, and I think it doesn't help that our culture is super confused about what is offensive. They think like everything, like, you know, like basically oh, yeah. if you don't like it, it's offensive. Like, you know, yeah. like just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's evil or it, it requires widespread condemnation or something, you know, like they have this bizarre need to police what everyone says to a, to a crazy crazy level right and not to attribute any quotes to myself or give myself an ego but one of my favorite quotes of myself <laughs> is everyone is for free speech until somebody says something that offends that person mm. like every everybody yeah. always thinks free speech is a great idea until they get offended by something including some people on the right then they want whatever that is to be canceled or censored or yeah yeah no that's very true that is, and you know, I'm, I'm alarmed. So kind of my, my entering into the me more to sort of relates. I, I didn't really start po posting political content. Like I said, I was consuming political content, um, shortly before 2016, the 2016 election, but I myself didn't start posting things until after the whole Kavanaugh thing. Cause that was just, I mean, I've never in my lifetime, I've not seen something so transparently orchestrated and so kind of just I guess just the word is evil like I just watching it I was like this is one of the most evil things I've ever seen like this is so wrong on so many levels that they would do this to this man based off of this accusation so I wrote this right. Facebook post about it and that was like the most massive triggering I have ever caused uh -oh. in my life. <laughs> well, you have to remember too, most of my friends on Facebook, well, not most, but a lot of them were liberals because I had spent so much time in academia. So right. it was like a freaking meltdown, like 
volcanic proportion triggering. And then after that, it was honestly, it was just kind of like I ripped the bandaid off. So I just, I just went, went from there. I was like, man, I've already upset everyone. I'm going to post. You might as well just dig in and go. Exactly. Might as well just go for it. So I even went a step further and I wrote a piece. We live in a college town and there were some, uh, you're probably familiar with all of them, DC Drano, Elijah Schaefer, and uh, Fleckus were all going to come to the the campus that's in our town. They were going to bring those guys to campus and the, I forget what it's called, some gender, gender group thing, gender alliance. I don't know. You know, you know what that group, one of those, um, were basically launched this very vague petition saying that they shouldn't be able to come because they've said offensive things. So I wrote an open letter to the campus newspaper just saying like, this is stupid. You can't just say that people can't come speak at a university because they've said things that offend various groups of people. That's not even like, like why this idea exists that you can just, these people, Fleckus and DC Drano and Elijah, Elijah Schaefer hurt my feelings. Therefore, they should not be able to step foot on the campus that I attend. Like, where does this mindset come from? It was basically my, my letter. It was just like, <laughs> You know, I sat through a lot of very offensive, very gross, very unsavory presentations put on by liberals and leftists, and never in my mind did it cross that I could just be like, actually, I don't think they should be able to come here because I don't like them. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know? So weird. I would guess that those, the people that didn't want them to come wouldn't even defend free speech. They're probably in the camp that actually thinks that you know, the government should really clamp down on what people say because they haven't yeah. thought through it in any yeah. any it, smart kind of way. And it's it's kind of like that analogy of the, uh, how do you catch the wild pigs? You just put the food down a little bit at a time and kind of build the fence every time they show up a little piece at a time until the fence has totally encapsulated them. And that's how I feel like these, especially like these younger people on the, the, the left are, even though I'm seeing a lot of Gen Zers getting red pilled, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but they, they're not going to know that they're in this totalitarian prison until it's too late. They, yeah. They've canceled everything. They've stood against everything that has been trying to help them and break them out. And now they're just stuck in their little prison. And it's, it's a shame. Yeah. That's a really good image. That's exactly what they're doing. <sighs> well, that's actually, that's a good segue to my next question for you, which is, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of limitations of the left. And do you think any of those have anything to do with why the left can't meme? Like, why can't they <laughs> meme? <laughs> What's, the do they have any good ones at meme. all? <laughs> Where are they? Where are the good leftist memes? I've seen, okay, all right. I saw one, and again, this is kind of like the difference a a lot of the times between the left and the right. It's like we can see something that's like anti-Trump or something and and possibly see the humor. And I I did see one good leftist meme, and it was Trump with the Thanksgiving turkey getting ready to pardon the turkey. and And it says in the caption, when your president thinks more about turkeys than he does women. And Trump's going, is it okay if I touch it? Oh, yeah, I saw that one. I like laughed. I thought it was funny. I mean, I don't think it's true, but I I thought it was clever. um, That's the only, the only out of the years I've been doing this leftist meme that even like made me like, (laughs) you know, but the reason the left can't meme is because I think that memes need truth. Like truth is the best humor. And since the left isn't grounded in truth, they can't meme because what they're what they're showing is mostly propaganda and, and uh, truth and truth is where the humor is. And that's why we're so much better at it because we can laugh at ourselves. And anything that challenges challenges them, they, they just fall apart. And I mean, the biggest thing that would challenge them would be truth. So yeah. that is why I think they can't meme. That's really interesting. As you're talking, you know what I'm, you know what I'm, I'm what's coming to mind. What I'm thinking, maybe why so many of their memes fall flat, is so much of leftist rhetoric. Like if you look, even like if we even just think about like this COVID thing, they're they're really so aggressive about telling everyone to stay home, stay the f home, save lives. You know, like it's, it's every all their slogans like believe women. They're so rooted in like virtue signaling. It's all about showing the world 
that you are a good person, that you care about this cause, that you care about this group of people. It's very, it's very showy in terms of like the amount of yes. virtue that you have. And that, that so yes. yeah, you know, and I think humor, if you're trying to do that, if you're trying, if you're really focused, hyper-focused on how virtuous you are, you probably cannot be funny. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> how you would accomplish I agree with that. You know what I mean? And so I think that's probably a big part of it is there has to be some level of like self-awareness to be funny. There has to be some humility to be funny. I mean, humor is generally based on noting imperfections and making some kind of joke about them. And so if you're unwilling to see any imperfections in yourself and it's all about how virtuous you look, then yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you could structure any kind of entertaining meme based off of that. Probably one of my biggest problems with the left is they break things down into such weird categories. Because you're white, therefore you're oppressive. Because you're black, therefore you're oppressed. Because you're a woman, are you should be empowered. If you're a man, you need to check your privilege. It's just these like bizarre little boxes they put everyone in where most of us, if we're honest about our life experience, we know that that can't, we can't all fit in those. (laughs) Like I know, I know some men who need to be empowered, who have been beaten down and told wrong things. They need a boost. And I know women who need to check their freaking privilege. (laughs) Like like they're, it's just, she said it folks, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I can do that because you can say that I'm a lady. (laughs) Yep. No, I think I think we we're on to some things here. What is your the most triggering meme you've ever made? Have you ever made one that's just really people were sliding into your DMs <laughs> calling you a Nazi? I I've had a few. Uh, that's the sign actually, of a good meme right there. Yeah, it is. That means you you know you've done well. <laughs> and um obviously if people look at my page, they may not know this about me. I am never like on purpose and antagonistic towards somebody like yeah. I am not one of like the right wing trolls. I'm I'm not trying to go after anybody, but if something's funny, I'm going to post it. Yeah. Or if uh, sometimes I will create, you know, my own handcrafted memes and I will think, "Oh my gosh, these are hilarious." And I'll post it even if nobody else thinks it's funny. I'm like, "I think this is funny." And the the ones that get get the most triggering is anything having to do with AOC or socialism where I'll get like the what brings the liberals and the leftists over to you to, oh, yeah, to rage out something yeah. like negative or humorous about uh, AOC or anything uh, about socialism or Bernie the, the the Bernie bros will will slide into the DMs and that's not real socialism and you know you don't uh, know what you're talking about it is never real socialism never <laughs> Where, what is no, real socialism we, where is it we why can can't we find trying. it <laughs> we can keep tweaking we can keep just at the cost of human lives i mean we'll, yeah. we'll finally get we're it. gonna I don't get know there what <laughs> we yeah. have a 21st century example of venezuela and it's still just like no no it's we're almost there man my denmark crazy. and my sweden I know. And isn't it weird? They love, isn't it? They love Sweden and Sweden didn't do, didn't shelter in place. They didn't go lockdown crazy, but I don't hear anybody being like, we should have been like Sweden. Instead, we're all, we're all gung ho. Let's destroy our own economy. Like what the hell? I thought we loved Sweden. For the cause. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. So any, anything, yeah. Uh, regarding socialism, Bernie or AOC, those will bring in the trolls because my my page is public, so anybody yeah. can come in there. Come. Yeah, I honestly don't get too many haters anymore. Very occasionally, usually I get the most uh, violent responses from super super hardcore pro choice people. That's mm-hmm. probably anything I share pro life stuff fairly frequently, and I have a couple podcast episodes about it, and that's definitely. That seems to massively trigger some people. Oh, yeah. So that socialism and abortion, <laughs> two <laughs> yeah. things that kill a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good point. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Have you been able to change any minds through your memes? Do you know of anyone who who you've been able to red pill? <sighs> That's such a good question. I don't think anyone that would admit, but I've definitely gotten laughs mm. from from people on the left. As far as actually changing their mind and red pilling them, I don't know, but yeah. I have certainly 
soften the people up. Like That's I, good. Friends that I know or people that are on social media, I've definitely softened them up. But as far as really getting them all the way over to the yeah the right side, I guess I should say. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know, but I possibly have. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No, I actually, my experience is pretty similar. I know, I would say, I know I've successfully at least gotten a few like squishy little moderates to kind of like toughen up and stick up mm-hmm. for what they believe in more right-leaning causes and convictions. Um, yep. so there's that. And then I know probably my proudest achievement I think is there was this woman I knew when I was in academia, super hardcore Trump hater, all about Blazy Fra- Blazy Ford. I almost said Blazy Fraud. Blazy Ford. Um, I mean, yeah, Fraudy and Exactly. Um, she hardcore. You know, Kavanaugh's evil. Blah blah blah. You saw my recent post on Tara Reid. She yes. liked that, so I consider that. A pretty Ooh. big win, right? I okay. mean, right? I have to take that as like, well, you, okay, just take a lap. I think you deserve right? it. Thank I mean, you. That's, that's Thank a big you. Deal. I know. I saw that. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> deal. And, you know, it honestly is. It's hard to change people's minds. It really is. Like, it's very, especially when it comes to political issues. And I, you know, maybe I haven't changed her mind in a massive way, but every little small thing, at the very least, now she's a little more aware of the fact, you know, maybe she's more aware of how easy it is to be emotionally manipulated when the media does crazy stuff like they did with the Kavanaugh thing. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so much gaslighting with that. Ugh, yeah, um, I know. And I knew that script was coming a mile away as soon as he got uh, nominated to be confirmed because I am slightly older. I was like, okay, I remember this happening with Clarence Thomas. Oh. Uh, they're just going to find a... Uh, a woman at the 11th hour that was, you know, sexually abused by him because yeah. I've seen the playbook before yes. and they don't do it to every justice. They just do it to the <laughs> one that's going to be like, well, a yeah, threat. if they did it every time we might catch on, <laughs> I'd finally be like, huh, this is weird. <laughs> no, Clarence Thomas has a great quote actually, uh, in reference to that whole thing. I, I got to go find it somewhere. It's a sweet meme on the topic of memes. It's like his face looking all stern, like, and words next to it. It says, like, I've never liked bullies or something. Like, and it's about that whole, I'm like, yeah, you go, Clarence Thomas. You go. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I you like go. him. Yeah. I like I like conservatives who stick up for themselves. I was not one for a long time, and I now have very newfound appreciation for them. So I did have someone ask, best apps or programs for making memes? I've got some aspiring meme makers in my Facebook group. So any any tips for them? Okay, well, you can sign up for my master class for 39. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Somebody should make one. Oh my gosh, though. That's a good idea. <laughs> I can hear like the symphony music now. <laughs> okay, guys, you get, get sign up for my webinar. <laughs> it's like you have a PowerPoint behind you with That's stuff right. about memes. That would well, be pretty cool. Okay, well, I will be giving up a trade secret. <laughs> one of my favorite meme making apps that is the most intuitive, the most user friendly, that is the best bang for your buck would be dopamine dopamine um, and, yeah oh. dopamine cool <laughs> never heard of it yeah you dopamine. can get it on the app store you can you can make videos from it you can do the classic meme uh pictures it, it's kind of like your one-stop shop for memes uh, so that that's the one that i use most of okay. and that's a first on this podcast i've never told anybody how i make my memes oh so dang well thank you <laughs> hot hot tip this is gonna that's right. yeah it's gonna get us get us more listens i'll put that in the caption and ronald shares a super secret meme insider tip. That's right. you are a much more skilled meme maker than me i am i'm of the meme style where i just take screenshots and then do commentary on them so pretty pretty you know basic Everybody meme format but i mean it's okay yeah, you know, it works. It works. That's what the gay who strayed does. And she's probably my favorite. Love her, by the yes. way. Yes. Oh, my gosh. She is so... She covers so many news stories in a day. Like, I feel like I get all the highlights. If I've missed things, I can just go to her stories. I'm like, all right, I'm all caught up yep. on the world. <laughs> <laughs> she will cover it. Yeah, love her page. Yeah, she's hilarious. What kind of memes do you think conservatives and libertarians should focus on in 2020 to win the Great Meme War Part 2? What should we what should we be doing? Um, I would say without a doubt, memes having to do with voter fraud. Voter fraud is not brought up enough in my humble opinion. And 
no one will convince me that the 2018 midterm elections was legit. There was a lot of shady. Um, I live in Florida and oh. there was a, a woman, uh, Brenda Snipes, Snapes, I can't remember her name, um, that actually got busted for. Yeah, um, I remember that. Oh, yeah, Broward National News. Yeah, Broward, Broward County. County. Yep, that's her. Yeah. And uh, and that's like one example. And state and other states, uh, where Pennsylvania, I think, just recently found eight hundred thousand. Yes. Uh, California was sued over so so many hundreds of thousands yep. of votes, and they do ballot harvesting out there. So I would say if you're going to do some memes, focus them on uh, voter fraud. And there have been some successful ones already. Um, some of these brilliant ones that I've been seeing are they look like they're liberal but they're not they're like fight the patriarchy or you know fight this it's whatever the leftist cause is and then yeah. it's like demand voter id now hashtag demand voter id you know oh, <laughs> oh yeah see look it took me a minute it took me a minute yeah see because they're just sly they're just voter id and so yes. you know getting the people riled. yeah voter id you've probably seen the video of the the guys on the college campus being like we want to end women's suffrage can you will you sign our petition to end women's suffrage oh, yeah. sure sure yeah <laughs> oh, let me just yeah. oh definitely <laughs> who is your favorite meme warrior oh okay all right so I'll give you a couple of answers because it, it's hard to boil it down. Now we did talk about the gay who strayed. I yes. mean, like she's, but she's more than a meme warrior. I mean, like you said, she does like news and editing on her page. Yes. Um, an actual meme warrior uh, that does just memes would be uh, funny enough. His name is secretary of memes. Oh, I know that one. A lot of funny memes. Of course he does like funny animal stuff too, but a, a lot of, a lot of good. If you're looking for like a meme aggregator, <laughs> that, that would be your source. And of course I love Night of the Undead Patriots yes. stuff. And here's one that I don't think is getting enough credit. He does, a lot of good like video manipulation stuff type memes and his name is something wicked and it's spelled s-o-m at the number three thing period wicked i don't know why he made that so confusing (laughs) that's why that's probably why he's he's struggling he's not getting yeah i I told him i was like i don't know why more people don't because he does these funny memes where he's taking like the the face of joe biden and making him do something hilarious and it just almost looks indistinguishable like from a real video he does like the deep fakes i think they call it oh you know and that's that's actually something probably smart to bring up because that's probably going to be a real blessing and a curse going into politics yeah. into the future, you know? Cause, I'm, I'm scared, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they're getting really, really good now. I remember Joe Rogan, he found one that someone had made of him and it was like indistinguishable. Like it was like, you know, it was, it sounded exactly like him and it wasn't him, which is a pretty scary thought. Awesome. Good to know. Shout outs for those, for those meme warriors out there. Hopefully we can get them a few more followers yeah please go follow them those are all good ones and then do you have a favorite trump tweet oh my gosh quote uh a 90s movie ever after when drew barrymore goes into the library i could know no what does she say i could no sooner pick a favorite star in the heavens (laughs) (laughs) really girly of me but i don't care Hey, uh, it's quite true. I mean, there are so many good ones. And I mean, if you if you add together the real ones and all the fake ones people have made, it's just a it's just a gold mine of you know, I was gonna say that too. A lot of times people will do these uh, Trump tweets that obviously aren't his, but because of Trump of who he is, you'll look at it and you'll stop for a minute and go, <laughs> He, he may have said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so yeah, it would be hard for me to nail down just one like favorite tweet. But yeah, there's there's so many good ones. He he's just goes after his adversary. It's like if you punch him, he punches right back. And there's not enough politicians or you know, people in general that, that do that. And yeah. I mean, it, it's admirable as far as I'm concerned. I think if my favorite one, just because it's it kind of speaks to that, what you just said. And it's just so weird and funny is when it's a it's an old one inexplicably it only has nine thousand retweets it should have a lot more it said it makes me feel so good to hit sleaze bags back much better than seeing a psychiatrist which i never have <laughs> that one is like Whoa, the weirdest I've tweet heard of that one. you've never seen that one? Oh my oh, gosh that's brilliant yep i think it's from 2013 and it's just like the weirdest little tweet ever <laughs> And but oh, it's you know it makes it makes him feel good to hit sleaze bags back. There you have it. I love that. I know. 
It's good stuff. All right. If you could snap your fingers and make one massive sweeping change to political discourse in the United States, what would it be? If I were going to make one massive sweeping change to political discourse, I would make people drink truth serum. Instead of couching everything in all these nice sounding phrases and terms, I would make them say what's really underneath it. So an example for that, like I said earlier, I was in academia and I actually was an instructor for part of that time and I had to teach this really awful liberal propaganda type class. So an example that comes from that is kids take that class and then they leave and they leave that class thinking, I really care about systemic racism. But what is underneath that sentence is my professor told me that racism is a really big deal and I want to seem like I'm a really caring person. So that's why I am going to really focus on this cause. Like that's like the truth serum underneath these statements because so much of what leftists say, like we talked about earlier, is about signaling to other people how virtuous they are. But underneath it, it's usually the deeper thing is a concern about what other people think. It's I care about ending the patriarchy because I love women or whatever. But as we've seen from the Joe Biden thing, it's about- He really loves women. (laughs) It's a facade of- Step away from the woman, Joe. Oh my gosh. Stop smelling everyone for a little while. I just, yeah, I tweeted out today too. I don't know why people didn't, well, I didn't tweet. I don't have Twitter, but I said, why hasn't anyone thought of this? He could fix this whole thing. This believe women thing. He could just identify as a woman. Like- Has no one, no one has said this yet. No one has thought to tell him to just be like, guys, I'm Josephine Biden. Believe all women. (laughs) Right? Like. Great idea. Why not? You should just be his campaign manager. I know. I know. I could do better than whoever's doing it now. I'll tell you that. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yeah. I don't even like him and I could do a better job than whoever is managing his campaign. But yeah, so that's that'd be my thing. If I was going to change political discourse, I'd want to dig underneath all the virtue signaling nonsense and get to what is underneath that? What are you trying to gain from these weird rhetorical moves? And do you even care about the actual issue that you're saying you care about? That would be kind of my thing. Well, then if I were to snap my fingers and make something happen, I think communication would be good because uh, especially those on the left just shut down and won't communicate. Force some kind of (laughs) dialogue where people would just listen to each other. I I think that would help a lot because then a lot of the truth would come out. A lot of the ideas would be presented. And I think a lot of people on the left see how silly a lot of their policies and ideologies are like I, I think it would help wake them up if if they would allow people to actually communicate with them i mean yeah there's tone deaf people on the right too but you yeah. know what i'm saying we tend to be more i don't know more willing to listen to the other side thank you that's yeah. what i was gonna say yeah no exactly <laughs> that's a huge thing i went to politicon uh whenever that was in the fall and that's a really interesting thing because it is it's people who are interested in politics And obviously there are speakers from the right and speakers from the left. But I think in that setting, more than anywhere I've ever seen elsewhere, you have people sitting and listening to other perspectives. And it was really productive. You know, some of it was like a dumpster fire, but some of it was actually like, you know, I think left-leaning people actually sitting and considering what others have to say. Like Michael Knowles, I'm sure you're familiar with him, like oh, knocked yeah. it out of the park. He was talking to fairly, I mean, the guy build him, it's Chris Hahn. You familiar with Chris Hahn? I'm not, but I listen to Dan Bongino a lot and I know that they don't get along. So I'm assuming he's a liberal. Yep, he's liberal. <laughs> he's a liberal, but he's not, I mean, he at least didn't strike me as like a particularly slippery one like you know sometimes like he he wasn't prepared I don't think he wasn't prepared for Michael Knowles because Michael Knowles annihilated him in a conversation about climate change and there were people in the audience granted it was mostly conservative but I could tell there were people who probably weren't Michael Knowles fans and who weren't on the right who seemed at least to find what he was saying a little bit compelling so I think what you're saying It's really important. If we could at least have those dialogues, there could be some real hope for change. Yeah, because even if you're you're having this dialogue, let's let's say it's like you and a leftist arguing uh, again, invoking Dan Bongino. He said this on his podcast. A lot of times when you're arguing, or if you're conversing with a leftist, you're not conversing to red pill that leftist. You're conversing to red pill the people standing around that are listening, the third person listening that may be on the fence. 
because some people are a lost lost cause. You know, yeah. no matter how much truth, logic, and data you give them, it, it's not going to uh, permeate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Goal, you know? Yeah. And but sometimes uh, that that listening that I'm talking about is is for the third party that may just be conflicted or may not even know the facts or even know or care, and it might wake them up to something. You just you just never know who's listening. That's a very good point. That's definitely something I keep in mind. Like or when I'm on social media. Yes. Yes. When I'm interacting on social media, rarely if I'm fighting with someone who's liberal, do I think that I'm going to change their mind? But I know there's like 400 other people who are probably going to see the comment (laughs) thread. And I'm like, well, some of you, some of you might consider what I'm saying. So that's why I'm going to continue this eight hour (laughs) conversation (laughs) for your benefit. Yep. Nope. That's a very, very good one. All right. And so just last, last thing here, because I think we've touched on a lot for people to think about. Hopefully my, my hope for this episode is that people who maybe aren't as familiar with the meme world, the meme war, um, are convinced that it's pretty fun and they should consider hopping in and trying things out and participating. So what, what encouragement would you give to someone who, you know, they maybe they want to, they want to get involved in politics on social media in some capacity, maybe they're a little fearful, maybe they just don't know where to start. What would you say to that person as a, as a meme veteran yourself? <laughs> I feel like Patton now and the, the flags behind me. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, I, I would say that there is no surplus of meme soldiers like <laughs> absolutely not it, every soldier counts it, it, that's right if, if you if you think you have the capability or even if you have the desire to do it i think you should give it a try and even as as you call me uh, like a, a meme veteran not everything i put out is gold you know it, it, sure you, you you miss 100 of the, the shots you don't take so sometimes you just have to put that meme out there so like people that are interested in this and they want to do it if you have an idea you think it's funny i mean put it out there you just you never know like nobody knew who carpe donctum was like a year ago and he made this funny video and it got retweeted a billion times and now like he's trump's meme guy you know yeah it's 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 crazy how that works a beautiful a beautiful rags to riches meme story meme story. It can happen to you yeah. too, kid. The American, the American meme. Oh, the Amer- oh, that was. Thank yeah. you, thank you. That was, yeah, yeah, take a bow. That was. Yeah, good. thank you. That's great advice. Like I have found, I will just add to that that you know, and it's it's cool that you're also kind of in an artsy artsy field, artsy world. Um, so you know, you know, kind of. The struggle, the the tension that can exist sometimes when like the people you spend time with, a lot of time with, and even work with don't share your political views. That makes for kind of, you know, I can I know lots of people who are like, man, I really want to share this, but I know it's going to trigger a million people or whatever. So one thing that I found that seems to work pretty well is I don't post a ton of memes. Like my politogram is my, my Instagram isn't a traditional politogram in the way that like everything is about politics, but I do post to my stories. I post memes that I like to my stories and I add commentary. And that has really proven to be kind of a, an easier way, I feel like, to put out my political views. And, you know, a lot of people probably see them and get triggered or see them and agree. Um, but every once in a while, I get somebody who's willing, you know, because I think it's a story too, auto- automatically the communication becomes private if they respond. So we can have this like ongoing conversation through messenger or through Instagram messages about whatever it is they don't like or they don't agree with. And, you know, I haven't massively changed anyone's mind, but it does seem I definitely have more productive conversations about politics now just because I'm willing, willing to do that. Well, you touched on a good point. Um, Again, talking to the current and maybe future meme warriors, um, there's no specific format that you have to follow. Like, Carmen might reach somebody that I'm not able to reach and vice versa. Right. Like there's a lot of like redneck memers out there that'll yep. do like, you know, gun memes, stuff that will go over certain people's head or trigger others. Whereas you have like deeper thinking people make, you know, different memes. It's just, that's right. what's good about it. It's kind of like a little meme melting pot. Yes. <laughs> 
yes, exactly. carve out our own little, you know, existence yes. in the meme world. Yeah. Everybody's got their own audience and everybody's got their own message. So it's cool if you could find like a a, ne- a niche or something like, you know, Undead Patriot has the cool kind exactly. of horror movie thing and, um, you now know, there's I said just... that, I don't think I have a niche. I just, if whatever I think is funny, I... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, you sometimes have you have the signature. Sometimes it's toilet humor. Who knows? You have the signature uh, good-looking MAGA girls with the Donald Trump thumbs up, right? Yeah. And you do that. Yes, that's I like do. that's your. Yep. You got you got that. That's your your tagline. Yep. <laughs> Publicarian. Yep. Awesome. Well, on that note, <laughs> I'm going to direct people. You guys can find Ronald on Instagram. You can find it's your handle is just Publicarian, right? That's correct. Yes. To go go find all these memes we've been talking about. And you can also listen to the Publitarian podcast. And your podcast is pretty much everywhere, right? Anywhere yep. podcasts are found. Anywhere podcasts are found. Just type podcasts in Publitarian and it will be there. Well, this was really fun. We should talk again sometime about some other stuff since we're basically the same person. <laughs> <laughs> No, we should. This has been fun. Yeah, yeah, just anytime. Let me know. All right. Well, thank you, Ronald. I will let you know if we get like a, a whole slew of enthusiastic meme warriors to sign up for your master class. And <laughs> you can make that a thing. That's That could be your niche. You could train the meme warriors. That'd be good. Dude, that's a great idea. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> well, thanks again. Here we go now. Here we go. Here we go. Now listen. Some of y'all might know this and some of y'all don't. Some of y'all might get with this, and some of y'all won't, but listen, let me clear my throat.